Hello, and welcome to the Give and Go podcast on Game Time CT. My name is Scott Erickson. I'm the girls' basketball beat writer for Game Time CT. And we are joined, as always, by the lovely and a little bit under the weather yeah. Pete Pagelon. <laughs> how are you? Good, 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 Scott. Um, you know, it's that time of the year. It's just everything's coming to a head, Yeah, including my, uh, my health. No. Um, <laughs> just... There's so much stuff going on right now. Yeah. Uh, so we just want Pete to have a speedy recovery, so we're going we're gonna to be nice to him on the podcast yeah. today. We won't give Pete a hard time. Uh, listen, <laughs> we have a special guest coming up. Uh, we're going to do that right away. We're going to talk to Diane Burns, the Stanford High basketball coach. Um, she was a coach of the state champions in 2016, FCI champions. She's been to Mohegan Sun. She knows what it's all about to win in the state tournament. Uh, so we're going to get her perspective on on what it's like uh, coaching and and playing in the yeah, state she tournament. Had, she had really great insight on just how to get there and uh, you know what it takes because it's not an easy. You know, we joke about the long road for us and and but for the teams really to play, whether you're driving across the state, you know, even when you get to neutral site games and, yeah. and stuff like that, and like you're traveling and every every day your back's against the wall. Every day your season could end and it takes a talented team to win a state title but it also takes a resilient team and and a good coach and and you have to do certain things right that's why the best teams don't win every year right. you need to do certain things right you need to be able to handle that crunch time schedule that you're kind of forced into yeah until the semifinals which makes no sense and then they have like a week off but <laughs> the girls turn makes yeah sense. but like it's just so interesting, and, and it was really great to get some insight from someone who's who's done it recently. And, and yeah. you know, she had a star player, yeah. Um, but they were in Stanford, and they had to travel to a lot of different places when they, you know what I mean? Like yeah. this year, she even says like they they're playing Ludlow tonight. Yeah. Uh, this is Tuesday night we're recording, or they're playing Tuesday night. We're recording Tuesday morning. She's like, we don't have to drive that far, right? But like when you get to the semis, like they had to go to Waterbury, and yeah. then they have to go to Mohegan, and yeah. I'm pretty sure they played the morning game that year too. Yeah, if did. I remember, I remember I, I watching think it. Was it. A Sunday morning. Yeah, game. I yeah. remember watching it on on uh, NFHS. It was the first day, game of the day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's an early. I mean, I don't know. Some schools go early; they stay the night before, but it's still. Still an early day. I mean, we're staying up there this year. Like, it's just an early day. It's an early day. So for them to do it, it was just really great insight to hear her talk about what they did to prepare to, to do that. So that was pretty cool. All right. So without further ado, let's get into our interview with Stanford High basketball coach Diane Burns. We are joined now by the Stanford High girls coach Diane Burns. She coached the Black Knights to the 2016 Double L State Championships and the 2016 FCAC Championship, and then they were runners up in the 2017 FCAC Championship. Diane, welcome to Give and Go. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we we really wanted to have you on here uh, since you've been to state championships, you've been to FCAC championships, and you know what it takes in tournament basketball. Um, let me ask you first about the gap that happens in the girls' state tournament. It really gets spread out because you guys start a week earlier than the boys. Does that hurt the rhythm of teams at all when, when you get going? Um, it can. Uh, back in 2016, there was nine days between our semifinal game and the championship game. So it was kind of a lot to try to you know keep momentum going but fill that time without you know risking injury or you know getting out of your rhythm, I guess. Right. Um, so it is kind of tough. Right, because you're not going to scrimmage, right, in that time if you're waiting for a state final? We did not. Um, yeah. I know some people talk about doing that, but, yeah, we did not because I 
didn't want to risk anybody getting hurt. And when you're used to that schedule of, you know, two games a week, sometimes three games a week, and then you're sometimes playing one a week in the state, you know, even in the middle of the tournament, it gets stretched out. Uh, do the girls get out of rhythm? Did you see that at all with, with your team ever? Um, not two years ago or three years ago, thankfully. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they were just, they were in a great place and they were excited about everything. Um, but you did get a little tired of practice trying to mix up you know, drills and stuff um, to keep them fresh. And I know we gave them a random day off in the middle of that because they had the media day of right. that, um, the AquaTurf Club. So that helped too. How do you keep the kids focused one game at a time and not looking ahead and, and wanting to get to Mohegan Sun once you get into a state tournament? Um, well, we never really talk a ton about our opponents. You know, there'll be strategies and stuff behind what we're going to do and, and, you know, we'll implement that maybe the day before, but we usually try to keep the focus the whole season on us just getting better as individuals and as a team. So that kind of continues throughout the state tournament anyway, um, where you're just trying to get better each day and we set goals for certain drills. So they're trying to meet them. And if they do, we raise them to try to like keep the focus on stuff like that. Uh, you've had a really young team this year. Uh, what's it been like coaching a team that's developing as opposed to having girls like the last few years when you had, you know, Tiana and then Alexa and a lot of established seniors. Uh, what's it been like kind of bringing along a, a younger team that's led by juniors and, the, and then a few sophomores and freshmen? Um, it's actually been a lot of fun. Um, I'm not going to lie. There's been some ups and downs, but it's been fun overall. I mean, they're, they're great kids and they all want to learn and get better, which helps a lot. Um, and we basically get to teach everything. So it's not like they come in and then you have to correct things. They come in wanting to learn anything that you say to them. Um, so the coaches have been really involved this year. I have 900 assistant coaches. Um, <laughs> and the, I think the kids really like that in practice because they get a lot of individual attention. And I think the coaches were excited this year too because there were so many ears that wanted to hear what, what to do next and how to get better. You're going into the tournament against Ludlow, uh, FCAC opponent. If you win that, you get the winner of New Canaan Trumbull. I know they're hard, it's hard to avoid FCAC teams in the double L tournament, but how do you yeah. feel about playing a, a league opponent in the first round? Um, it's interesting. I mean, the one benefit is we don't have a two-and-a-half-hour bus ride right. um, <laughs> to the other side of the state. Um, but, again, I think it's just more about, like, where we're at right now. So it should be interesting to see, compared to when we played Ludlow a couple of weeks ago, have we gotten a lot better or have we not, and what do we need to talk about for next year? Um, so it's it's you're going to be able to compare yourself against basically yourself from a couple of weeks ago. But right. it, it is more fun to play teams you don't know anything about. Um, that's usually the excitement about the state tournament. Right, that's part of the thing. Is that I mean, you don't want to be on the bus yeah. for two and a half hours, but getting on a bus and going to some gym you've never been to is is fun, right? Yeah. And the kids enjoy that, don't they? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, you guys made a run through the conference tournament and then won double L's. Um, Trumbull won uh, the FCAC and then went to the double L finals. Uh, made it to the semis the year after. Do you think the conference tournaments take anything out of you? Uh, Pete and I have had this conversation before. Pete thinks the conference tournaments, you know, suck the life out of some teams. But do you feel like it takes anything away from the state tournaments? Uh, I don't think so. I think it does the opposite. Like if you if you go through the state the FCAC tournament and win it, I think it gives you a lot of confidence and good momentum going forward. That you know you competed against some really good teams and you were able to pull out a win. So I think it gives you that confidence that you can beat anybody um and it's obviously there are other really good teams in the state but i think it gives you that um feeling that you can compete with them because you know you've competed against some of the top 
what is different about FCAC play than the state play that, that you found? Is, is it more physical? I mean, what, what is different from FCAC than when you go play a team from out of conference? Um, I think one of the biggest things is how well you know each other. Right. Um, I mean, you know, we all have our things that we focus on as coaches and you get to know the other coaches strategies and stuff really well too. Um, so it's fun when you play a state opponent that you don't know um, because it's just kind of like going out there playing basketball. It's not, Oh, I know he's going to do this at this point in the game. or I know she's going to do that defensively. Um, so that's, I think a big difference. What's it like? So you, you made it to Mohegan sun. What's that like walking on that court for the first time for you as a coach? And then what was it like for your kids? Oh, so cool. Um, well, the bus pulls into like an entrance underground. So that was the first thing that we were like, well, where are we going? <laughs> um, and then just just getting off the bus and right away seeing that arena and like walking out of the tunnel and being part of that. That was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. And the kids all took a moment, too, where they were just like, wow, and like took out their phones and took some pictures and stuff um, and tried to just embrace that moment because, you know, it's a special place to be able to play. Yeah, for For teams that might be new, um, you know, maybe some coaches who, who haven't had a chance to, to make a run or, you know, what would be some advice that you would give to a, a team or a coach about making a run deep into the state tournament to be able to get to Mohegan Sun? Um, probably just try to stay focused on one day at a time. You know, I think it can get overwhelming to think about like how, how long days wise and how many games, um, you have to go through. So try to just stay one day at a time and then try to just embrace each moment. Um, you know, each part of it was special. Our semifinal game was really cool because we had three fan buses worth of kids go up to the game in the middle of Waterbury. And, like, that was a great experience to have them all supporting us and having home games um, and having people get to, get to come out and support was cool. Um, so just try to enjoy each moment. And then I think the teams that do the best are the ones that can have different people step up at, at different times. You know, and I think, like, Norwalk did that through the FCAC run. They, it wasn't the same kid every night that was, you know, dominating the game. Yeah, that Norwalk team is fairly unique. I mean, you know, you guys had a really good player in Tiana who carried you. You had some great complimentary players, but Norwalk doesn't have that one girl that you point to. How dangerous does that make them? And, and what have you seen from Norwalk this year that, that makes them such a good team? Uh, that definitely makes them dangerous because, again, you might try to take away one player and then somebody else steps up and goes off for 20. Um, I think the thing that's really cool about Norwalk this year is how everybody, you can tell all those kids are focused on the same goal yeah. um, and they don't care about like individual points or individual accolades. They just want to win. And you can see that when they step on the court. So they just take advantage of whatever the other team doesn't have. And, and they're all about the team. Uh, and Trumbull too. You saw Trumbull this year. Trumbull's a program that just keeps doing it and doing it. What about that program makes them sustain this year after year? And, and what do you think about them as, as a coach going against them every year? Um, well, they're very well coached. Um, they also play really hard and they play really good defense. So even if, you know, they have an off shooting night, their defense usually, I know their goal is always to hold people under 40 and they do just about every night. So it <laughs> makes it tough on the other team. You know, you're not going to score or get your usual easy baskets that you get. And you better make your shots if you're going to beat them. And you guys at a conference played uh, Colby this year. Uh, what did you think about Colby? I mean, they they, they beat you up there. Uh, was that at your place or was that up there? The Colby game. Uh, sorry, what was that? Uh, when you played Colby what? this year. Yeah. Uh, what? Where was that? Was that at your place or at their place? Yeah, yeah. It was our it was our Christmas tournament, so okay. it was at Stanford High. And what did you think about Colby when you saw them? 
They're good. They're um they're a fast paced team. They like to play, you know, tough man to man defense and run the floor and um they did hit us with a zone a couple of times too, but they're they're like a they're similar similar to Norwalk in that they'll they'll run and gun. Um and they've got a few different scorers on that team. And then Trinity's a team that you guys played really well early. If Megan uh Lanchlidle doesn't get hurt, you guys might even beat them. Um how have you seen them progress and get better as the year goes on? I mean, they're, they look like a different team to me now playing uh, than they did in the beginning of the season. You said Colby looks like a different team? Uh, no, Trinity. Tr- what was that? Trinity. Trinity looks like a different team. Yeah, Trinity is – sorry. <laughs> uh, Trinity is definitely a team that's made a lot of progress. I mean, you can see that, like, Ayana has taken that role of being that go-to player. Um, she did really well. Um during the SCI tournament, scoring points and, um, you know, leading her team. So when, whenever Pete comes down to a, a city or a town, he wants to know the best places to eat. So what, <laughs> what, what are the best spots? Uh, you know, I've given him a few in Stanford, but what are your favorite spots around Stanford to get a bite after the game? Um, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know Colony Pizza is really good. Oh, Colony's um, the best. <laughs> yeah, and that's a, that's a good spot. Diane, where are you from? Uh, Richfield. Oh, Richfield. Did you play at Richfield High? No. Um, actually, well, originally from Brewster High School. Oh, okay. Brewster, New York. Okay. Yeah. And you played there? I live the... in Richfield now. Oh, you live in Richfield now. Okay. Yeah. Um, you, you played in high school. Did you play in college, too? Uh, yes. Where'd you play? At Felician College. Oh, oh nice. Nice. Guard? Are you a guard? <laughs> yeah, point guard. <laughs> um, speaking of colleges, obviously, uh, Tiana... Yeah. Um, is starting at St. John's right now. Uh, obviously led you guys to the state title, the SEAC title. How impressed have you been with her transition from playing, you know, in high school basketball to now playing in the Big East and at a program like St. John's? Oh, she's doing really well. And actually the last uh, last five or six games of theirs, she's been stepping it up even more. Um, you could tell she's getting more comfortable um, with, like, running the show with that team. And it's just, it's awesome. It's so, like, it, it makes me so proud to just watch her because she's such a nice kid and comes from a great family, hard worker. And I know she tore her ACL, like, going in the summer of her, before her freshman year. And that really stunk. And I know she was down in the dumps about having to sit out. So it's nice just to see, like, how well she's doing right now and that she kind of came out the other side of that. I mean, some of these girls, have, uh, I mean, were there when she was there. But the other younger girls, do they know who she is and do they talk about her at all? Is she, like, becoming a folk legend at, at all at Stanford High? <laughs> yeah, and she comes back and visits, so that always helps. Um, she walks in the gym and everybody stops. I bet, yeah. <laughs> she is a bit of a legend. <laughs> I mean, that's a unique talent, though. I mean, kids like that don't come along. I don't know if people understand how unique of a talent she right. was. How many kids have you seen even comparable to her over the years that you've been doing this? Um, well, there's been, you know, kids with different types of talent, but her ability to, to set other people up for shots is insane. Yeah. Like you could see her reading something from, you know, 50 feet back and that she would attack a gap and get somebody an open shot and they didn't even know they were open. Um, so I think, and she's doing that now, you know, she's one of the leaders. I think she's leader in the big East and assists and one of the top in the country, um, and doing it at that level, which the faster girls, more athletic girls, it's, it's crazy it's so impressive i mean and like you said she's such a great kid too it couldn't happen to a better person and not really a harder worker i mean she just put in so much time to get to that level it's insane right right uh, and well, she never wants any credit for it either <laughs> not really no that's the opposite of me i want all the credit 
He wants all the credit for the little bit amount that he does. Uh, well, listen, Diane, thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to us. Uh, we know it's a game day for you. Uh, good luck today against Ludlow and, and moving forward. And, and we appreciate you taking the time to do this. Cool. Thanks for having me. Thanks, right. Coach. Really appreciate it. Good luck. We are back on Give and Go. Uh, that was a good interview with Diane Burns. And apparently she likes Colony over Rico's. She's not wrong. Colony she, she's, is Colony is really, it's really so, so good. really is. Stanford's a lucky place with all the pizza they have. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, the worst place for traffic, though. It's not a great place for traffic. <laughs> you, need, you need to learn the back roads, get around a little bit. Yeah. Even that. If you get anywhere near downtown, too, it's a mess. I but, went to that, that Target once. It was gigantic in Stanford. Oh, that's like right downtown. Yeah, that's. I went there once to kill time between games a couple of years ago. I got, like, lost. <laughs> I didn't know Targets were that big. It's a big. It's multiple floors. Yeah. It's an escalator. They have the cool um, the escalator that you could put your cart in. Yeah. So, and I would just put a cart and, like, leave it. Yeah. I was an adult when it's, I did this. It's like an amusement park. Yeah. Sports reporters who are bored <laughs> in between games. Uh, listen, we are in the middle. Of the st- well, not in the middle, but the state tournament started last night. Um, I saw St. Joe's and Barlow. Uh, you can go read the story on Game Time CT, but it was a cool story that Chris Linwall had coached Barlow to a state championship in 95 uh, before going to Fairfield U for a few years. And then now he's coaching St. Joe's, and he coached them to a state championship in 2015. He was pretty emotional after the game, talking about it. Uh, I don't know many coaches that have coached two different teams to state championships in the girls, and we'd have to take a look at you know, yeah, the archives. I mean, or, yeah, that, I mean, I'm sure Roland guys have coached, you know, coaches have coached at multiple schools and stuff like that all the time. But to win two state titles at two different schools and then meet again is that's pretty incredible it's pretty incredible uh and he was saying he doesn't schedule them during the season ever because it's like it's too many emotions for yeah. him uh there's a lot of content on game time ct right now for girls basketball uh i wrote up the 10 things to look for in the tournament i wrote up the five players to watch in the tournament we have the, the scoreboard that's up there every night i urge you if you want to follow these tournaments we have everything every night the games are updated the scores are updated Go on Game Time CT and check out all this stuff. If you're a fan of girls basketball, we got you covered. I don't Absolutely. Think, I don't think we are lacking for coverage in no. any way. Um, we had our first big upset of the night last night, uh, although it was disputed on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> number eight, uh, number 28, Northwest Catholic beat number five, SMSA. So I say, I write on Twitter, it's upset. Uh, and then someone says, it's not an upset. SMSA was within three points of them in the regular season. They're very even teams. And I, I understand. Fine. I understand. But if a 28 seed beats a five seed, we are going to refer to that as an upset. Yes. That's just the way we're going to do yes. it. If a 16 beats a seven, uh, beats a 14, it's an upset. It's yeah. a mild upset, but it's an upset. Yeah. And we're, it was on the road. So. And it was on the road. Yeah. We're just going by seeds. Yeah. Not by your feeling of how the team is. And we yeah. all know you like your team, so it's and not look, we're not we're not going to, you know, point out certain schools. But there was one seeded upset in one of the brackets. A huge, um, huge, yeah, yeah. But that wasn't a surprise. No, because, it was. of, because, because of the, of the league the and the conference that they play in. That's yeah. not, we're not going to sit here and say that was an upset. But this was an upset, so get over it. And uh, one of the things, get over it, is so one of the things we're doing is, uh, I'm well, I'm doing, is I had picked the final four for each uh, each bracket, and SMSA was one of my final four picks. So <laughs> I lost to that one. Um, I'm also doing seeded upsets by bracket. Uh, last night in L, uh, the two S games, the one S game I picked didn't play last night. They're playing tonight. Uh, but I had I picked hand over Ram, and hand number 19 beat Ram number 14, 50 to 40. 
Uh, and then I picked Branford uh, to upset Watertown. Uh, the 22 seed beat the 11, 61, 46. So two for two in my uh, seeded upset pick so far. Yeah. How many final four? So if I have four picks in each group, how many of those final four picks do you think will still be left in the actual final four? God, I'll give you one. Maybe. One, <laughs> one of 16? That's maybe. It. Well, you already lost one on the first day, so... I don't know. The, the, the basketball tournament's so interesting once you get to traveling and, like, <clears throat> I'm looking at it right here. I'm looking at the S bracket just quickly. And Housatonic, who's the two, and Trinity Catholic, who's the seven, are going to meet in the quarterfinals, Bob, probably. Probably. Because yeah. Trinity Catholic needs to come out of the Bertrand League bracket where they have Thomaston tonight. Yeah. And then they have Gilbert after. And then yeah. they'll, they'll probably get Housatonic in the quarterfinal. Ooh. But Trinity Catholic's going to have to drive from Stanford to Housatonic, which is probably like a two-and-a-half-hour drive. That's a long drive. That is a long drive on a bus. That's the advantage to being the higher seed. Uh, I think that's where the the seeds really come into play is the quarterfinals. I mean, when you can be at home in those quarterfinal games against another good quality team, that's where you really want to be the top four seeds. And, you know, Trinity's the seventh seed. So they, they get to host Gilbert. Gilbert's got to come down from uh, – where are they? Winston. Winston. That's a far drive, too. That's a really far drive. That's almost two hours, too. Yep. And especially in traffic and stuff. So um, that game was supposed to be yesterday. They moved it. I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe the uh, the wind. I don't know. Uh, we have a potential second round matchup. It's, it, you know, uh, it would involve Canton losing. But if Somers and Chapag both go through to the quarterfinal, you know what that makes? Spartan, Spartan quarterfinal. Both really? Spartans. Yeah. Interesting. That they would both have to be upset. Upset, yeah. Well, Chapag, they did beat East Windsor last night. Yes, they did, uh, and they certainly could beat Old Lyme. Somers could, I, you know, they could hang with Canton. I think Canton's pretty good. I think Canton's really good. I have Canton in the final four. Um, Class S has the best nicknames because you have the East Hampton Bell Ringers. Yep. You have the Putnam Clippers. Yep. And then my favorite one, you know, you know Wyndham's nickname. Yes, the um, the Whippets. Yes. The Whippets, oh. which if anyone doesn't know, a Whippets a dog. Like a, it's like a small greyhound. Yeah, yeah like, it's a dog. A I did not know that. Dog. Like when I first thought that, I was like, wow, that's a real aggressive nickname, guys. But then I looked it up and <laughs> it's a dog. Uh, those are good nicknames in Class S. I, I, I'm a big fan. Um, listen, before we get out of here, I, you can go look at all this content on Game Time CT, but I'm going to go through who I picked to be in the Final Four and who I picked for each round. I'll, I'll, I'll let you have that content uh, here for free. It's also for free on Game Time CD, so there's no benefit. Uh, in Class S, um, my final four was number one, Canton, number five, SMSA, lost that one, number seven, Trinity Catholic, and number three, St. Paul. Uh, Canton and St. Paul both won last night, so well on their way. And then the champion, um, I was really torn between Canton and Trinity, uh, but I ended up going with Trinity Catholic and... Mike Walsh picking up his first girls state championship. That'd be that'd be a pretty incredible story. Seven boys state championships. <laughs> um, class M, I got some upsets. I got some upsets. My final four. You ready for this final four? Bring it. Number eight Berlin. Number thirteen Sheehan. Number two Cromwell. Number eleven Bethel. Wow. I'm flipping. I'm flipping class M on its head. On its head. I'm flipping class M on its head. And my winner for class M is maybe people are thinking it's a shot in the dark. Yeah. Uh, my pick is, is Berlin. I'm going with Berlin. I think Berlin played really well in the CCC, had some tight games against some 
L and double L schools, and I think they're going to make a run here. We'll see if I'm right. <laughs> Sorry, Berlin, if I'm not. Uh, up in L. Uh, L, I stuck a little bit more with the, with the bracket, although I have a couple teams on the lower half coming through. Um, I got Notre Dame Fairfield as the number one seed getting to the final four, uh, and they would ha- I have them taking on number five, East Haven. I think East Haven will get through that bracket. Uh, then at the lower part of the bracket, I have East Lime. East Lime rolled last night in their first game. I really like them with Megan Bauman. Uh, I think they're an excellent team, and I think they have a pretty good draw moving forward in L. Uh, and then I would like number six, Pomparag, uh, coming out of the SWC. I thought the SWC was really strong this year, and I thought Pomparag kind of got overlooked a little bit, but uh, they're my pick to make the final. And then the champion in Class L, I have Pete's favorite team, East Haven. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. I took a lot out of you, didn't I? Whoop, yeah, whoop. yeah, you did. Oof. Man, if you could see Pete, I feel so bad for the guy. <laughs> He's here for you, though, people. He came in to do this podcast. My Jordan game. flu game. This is his Jordan flu game. I should have really had one of those uh, uh, hospital masks on. That <laughs> uh, the final four in double L, my picks, are uh, number one, Norwalk, number four, Hamden, number two, New London, and number 11, Wilbur Cross. Uh, Wilbur Cross is the only one I have out of the top four making the double l's and then i have I, I really this took me forever like i was back and forth between hamden and norwalk who i thought would win the state championship i ended up picking norwalk um wouldn't be shocked if hamden or new london i've talked about double l before yeah i wouldn't be shocked if any of, uh, of the top couple seeds win this thing so i'm going with norwalk to finish off the uh, undefeated season uh again if hamden or new london or someone else wins i'm not shocked but my pick is norwalk um all right, we are going to get out of here. Uh, thank you for joining us on Give and Go. We are going to go get Pete some rest, hopefully, and <laughs> yeah. some medicine and some chicken soup. and Yes, chicken soup. Wrap a hot towel around his head like Ferris Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for Pete, I'm Scott. We will see you next time on Give and Go. Later.